Eric Duchassé, hello. Hello. You're an art historian and you're curator of this exhibition here at Les Beaux-Arts à Paris, Paris Fine Arts Institute, which is called Images en lutte. The clash of images oh, may be good. what we meant, or the struggle of images or, or struggling images. It's mainly images that participate in the social and political protest from 68 onward to the mid-1970s, and not images which are uh, only illustrating something that's happening elsewhere. But and are actually the product of a political struggle. They are the product of a political struggle, but at the same time, they are fighting between themselves, and they are participating in the struggle itself. You can see that as early as the uh, Atelier Populaire des Beaux-Arts, which is this organization of the students and teachers of the École des Beaux-Arts occupying their school from May 5th of 1968 until they are taken out of the school by the police at the end of June 68. And what they do is that they use the studios to produce posters for the revolution um, it's difficult to remember now that it's a time when people actually thought that revolution was not for tomorrow, that it was immediate, and that the whole power would be completely defeated. Here you see these posters done by people occupying the school to protest the power of General de Gaulle going as far as showing him as a dictator, aligning him with Franco or Salazar or uh, Patacos, the dictators of uh, Greece, Portugal and Spain, and showing him with his hand raised as if he were a fascist leader. Yeah. Two posters that actually denounce the state of uh, the press at the time and the repressed aspect of the press at the time. For instance, a poster whose slogan is about free information, as if the information that, that was uh, catered by the state was free. I mean, it's just a silhouette. It's extremely abstracted, blue on a white background, of a silhouette uh, speaking in a mic, but with a blindfold that free information is in fact untrue information. Some of the perhaps the most famous of these posters involve the very graphic image of a factory with uh, a chimney and then the chimney is kind of transformed into a clenched fist. So in a way very much linked to the factories that were on strike. That was a key point, wasn't it, about this whole atelier populaire, the artists that they were working for the strikers. They were protesting in general, but they were also extremely concrete in their struggles in the sense that uh, they were asked by factory workers on strike to produce posters because there was no relay in the official press at the time, either the government press or the press from the parliamentary left movements. So you have posters that actually speak about the way the workers from uh, Renault or from Citroën were occupying their factories. And there's a great creativity in images as well as in slogans and a will to be as direct as possible. This is the thing, isn't it? It's the simplicity of some of these images that makes them so strong. As an art historian, is that something that strikes you? 
What strikes me as an art historian is the fact that uh, there's an urgency in the production of images that shows in the means chosen, which are indeed very simple, but then when you look at the images, in fact, they are very complex. Even the shedded factory of which you were speaking about with the, the fist is something that's combining diverse sources. So you have the typical factory of early 20th century with the sheds, which is coming from um, the uh, Front Populaire 1936 imagery. And you have the clenched fist, which is a typical image of the Communist Party, but the way it's drawn here is more reminiscent of what's happening in the uh, imagery of the Maoist movements. And this is all combined to form a new image, which is incredibly simple. Of course, the simplicity is also because these images had to be made very quickly. They were done to order. They were then designed and printed sort of in a day and then people went out on the streets and stuck them up on the walls. Do we know who did most of these images? The thing is that it, it, it is a collective creation in the sense that someone would draw an image sometimes would devise a slogan to go with it, and sometimes the slogan was given by someone else. Then these two things were fused and presented to a committee that was taking place every evening in the Atelier Populaire. And then it was the committee who decided whether the, the poster was valid or not, who asked sometimes the slogan or the image to be reworked, in what direction, uh, the most famous case being the uh, image submitted, he claims, by Bernard Rancillac, uh, showing Cohn-Bendit as, as shot by Gilles Caron, the photographer, who's not credited by Rancillac for that uh, in passing. And then with the slogan that was given by someone else, and used by Rancillac, nous sommes tous juifs et allemands, we're all Jews and German, and that was substituted by this committee with the slogan, nous sommes tous indésirables, we are all uh, unrequired or undesirable. So this is a very good example of this collective process that you have. So in truth, the whole production is both anonymous and collective. And you can see in the exhibition, we're showing a lot of trials for some posters. Some of them you can see reused for uh, the final poster, sometimes with small or big alterations, and some of them were just rejected. For example, we have a lot of trials which speak about the art world. All of those were rejected because the strikes were not primarily for the artists. The artists were at the service of revolution. how Les Beaux-Arts came to have this collection. What happened was that uh, the librarian of the Beaux-Arts stayed in, in the Beaux-Arts when it was occupied by the, the strikers, and he collected some material thinking it would be important for the story of the Beaux-Arts. He was also protecting the library 
from stealing and all that. And then some of the people who were actually participating in the Atelier Populaire kept some images with the idea that it was important to document this and a little bit later gave these images to uh, the Beaux-Arts. So the Beaux-Arts has, I think, the most complete collection of its own production. So you don't have, for example, here that famous poster, La Beauté dans la Rue, Beauties in the Street, because it wasn't made here. Yeah, we just have what was made here, and it's on purpose. It's very rare when we, you can do an exhibition on the premises themselves, and it's the case here. The, the exhibition is at the Beaux-Arts. It's like 20 meters from where these posters were produced. It's a place where actually general meetings of the strikers were taking place in the exhibition rooms. And then uh, we go to the with the exhibition towards uh, 1974, which is another moment when the feminist and, and pro-homosexual movements were having their weekly meetings at the Beaux-Arts, and they were also expelled by the police. So the frame of the exhibition is actually from one occupation of the school with a first invading of the school by the police to a second occupation, much more partial, and then a second intervention of the police in 1974. Interesting. And at that time in 1974, though, was there also art being made in favor of gay rights and women's rights? Yeah, yeah, a lot of art was made that was also participating in that. Maybe not as important in, in quantity, but there was a very important art that was made. And it's been forgotten that it was made in a very politicized environment. Eric Duchesse, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thanks.